Good morning and welcome to Love Lighthouse podcast. I am um, saying this at the morning, but obviously it could be any time where you are. I've literally not long had breakfast. I'm just actually sitting comfortably on the bed here. And I'll tell you why, because it's really good to be able to sit like this. I am not the shortest person ever on the planet. I definitely know that. But <clears throat> sitting on some of the different kind of stools or... Um, sometimes certain types of seats isn't always the best if I've got to like, do you know what I mean, stretch my legs down or something or it's like a deep, deep seat, that kind of thing and it goes all the way back so like your legs have to go all the way back and all the way down Um, I just feel comfy like this this morning so I'm taking advantage of this and doing my broadcast here this morning after breakfast from the bed um, we shall see what occurs later on. I am just going to get started. I'm going to go into some scripture. Do you know what? I said I am on one eleven. Pretty amazing, eh? Yep, all the ones making a three and referring back to the Trinity. We're looking today at Easter Wednesday. It is the 12th of April, 2023. And the first reading is from Acts, and it's chapter 3, and it's verses 1 to 10. And now I think I've got the Catholic version here. I'm going to mix them up, and it, as always, it is to kind of like sort through, but it's also bringing, you know, different parts of the faith together, so people who are Reformed as well as, as Catholic. So we're going to go to the KGV version for this one today. Okay. Now, Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask Arms of them that entered into the temple, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked, and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. Well, one of the same things happened here. Um, you know, I'm not giving all the information with regards to where I am, what I'm doing, and keeping some level of privacy. But I'm in a particular place and, um, you know, I haven't and don't usually have access to any change as such, meaning... You know, I don't carry about coins. 
And many of you will feel the same that, you know, you just don't do it. Um, you know, you tend to use your card or even, you know, maybe your phone or other device which has your card on it, right? And it's kind of like chip and pin uh, to some folk isn't even relevant anymore. It's sometimes, as I said, just on your device or your phone or whatever, okay? And that's it. That's how you transact at times. But there, you know, there's other ways that that type of transaction points to. And it's pointing to a lightening of the load in terms of the type of transaction. And here's a, a lightening of the load in terms of the ultimate lightening of the load that is strictly that of the spirit working through people. And that's how light it is. But it's so effective. It's the most effective, right? What does it say? The flesh meaning the thingness of life profiteth nothing, but it is the spirit who gives life, right? So everything by the spirit, as long as that spirit is of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. So of course, here we are and, um, you know, some people are asking different people for things like money or this or that. And I'm like, well, you know, I like I don't carry like coins around. I don't carry money around. I just don't it's not the thing I do. In fact, I remember um, you know, when I had my daughter in private school, there was actually a policy, you know, that was in place that went on to state that there was um a correlation, if you like, uh somewhat of a significant bond between money that had been found on children and the propensity for abuse. They thought in that school that a child that had money on them was likely a child that was potentially being abused. Now, do you know that? Now, that, of course, is just one thought process, one school of thought in one particular type of school, namely a private school. They felt that the the appropriate way was to do everything by direct debit. It was unseen, it wasn't touched, it was unclean. And I know that even my grandmother was like that. So the fact that perhaps my grandmother's values on things like money, um, even although when she had change, she gave it to me, you know, sometimes to do my homework if I had, you know, mathematical money problems to solve and, uh, you know, having a real life coin or so or a few coins to work out in reality seemed to help. So she wouldn't mind that because it was practical and it was about learning. But I mean, straight after she'd be like, get your hands washed and, you know, um, keep your hands, probably be, keep your hands away from your mouth or something like that, but wash your hands and all the rest of it. As soon as I was finished, even, you know, utilizing these things just um, for mathematical problems. And if we went to the shop at any time as well, that was the done thing back in, you know, obviously that time when I was just young, that you would probably take some coins or notes or whatever it was to get something from the shop. But that was very seldom. And again, there would be that strict adherence to washing one's hands and uh, the fact that they felt money was dirty. All right. So that instilled in me all the way throughout to the point that I was finding myself in a school. In terms of not me, myself, but you know what I mean? Um, 
having my child based in a school and obviously me being part of that uh, context and part of that environment as well as her mother and deeply involved in her life and the, the life of the school, that they would make such a statement in their very policy documents about real life, coinage, money, notes, whatever it would be. Wow, isn't it amazing? And of course, coming out of that and going to church and you know how you would see, you know, people would ask for offerings eventually once coronavirus stopped and all the rest of it. And he would just think, what? This is so not what I do. And I'm still in that process where it's not the done thing. So it takes extra effort. And it becomes interesting and fun now when I happen to actually find money because it's such a novel thing. It's like it's always in the, the bank account, never something that is out with the account in the hands or in, you know, in bags or whatever. And so sometimes when I've been out and about and I've actually found money, I've been like, oh, look, yeah, because it's a novel thing now, even more so after all this time with coronavirus as well. And especially since we have all these other devices to lighten the load with regards to that. So when I was in here and someone asked for that, I said, well, what is it that you want for that money? What is it you're seeking to get from that so that I might be able to give you whatever it is if I've got it kind of thing, you know? And I think it was for something like a lolly or juice or something like that. And um, this was an adult that was asking for this. I'm like, okay. Um, I was like, no, don't happen to have that. <laughs> but um, what I did have was myself and the Holy Spirit. And you can't put a price on that. You just can't. Um, you know, I've said about my time, it's like it's worth billions, trillions, in fact. And so I give of that freely. And another discussion that we had recently, you know, someone um, made their thoughts known um, with regards to, you know, what they actually felt about purchasing people items of food and things like that. And he went on to express about how he felt and in, in his perception that he had paid all this money um, to someone's father, to their doctor, to this, to that, um, in the hopes of dating them and being with them and having them as a girlfriend or whatever. And I'm like, what? I mean, to me, this was very strange. Like, I didn't know people were doing things like that or that existed. But maybe he was having a memory from what it was like when he was, you know, a younger man or something. But he was expressing about that. And he said, just to find out that someone else put their arm around her and had obviously offered her dad more money or something like that. And I thought, oh my gosh, that sounds like prostitution. Like what? I said, well, I'll tell you this. It's not like that with everybody. Some people, when they're giving of their time or they're giving of their talents, gifts, skills and abilities, they're putting out like Jesus Christ did. They're not looking for anything specific in return. And the same thing goes, they don't expect other people to be thinking along the lines of they're giving them something in order for something back. That's not what it's about. So just remember that, that not everybody thinks that way. Um, and some people are chasing celibate. So, you know, not until that kind of strange prostitutional type of sounding stuff that was being presented there. And obviously I had to make 
that very clear. And I was like, I certainly, I was telling my friends, this is certainly what we bought. Goodness gracious. So there's our little discussion there about the importance of the Holy Spirit and uh, working through people, which just doesn't have a price. It's not something you can buy. Okay, now let's move on to the next piece of scripture. I'm going to go back to this one on Universalis. Let the hearts that seek the Lord rejoice. Give thanks to the Lord, tell his name, make known his deeds among the peoples. O sing to him, sing his praise, tell all his wonderful works. Let the hearts that seek the Lord rejoice. Be proud of his holy name. Let the hearts that seek the Lord rejoice. Consider the Lord and his strength. Constantly seek his face. Let the hearts that seek the Lord rejoice. O children of Abraham, his servant, O sons of the Jacob he chose. He, the Lord, is our God. His judgments prevail in all the earth. Let the hearts that seek the Lord rejoice. He remembers his covenant forever, his promise for a thousand generations, the covenant he made with Abraham, the oath he swore to Isaac. Let the hearts that seek the Lord rejoice. Christians to the Paschal victim offer sacrifice and praise. The sheep are ransomed by the lamb and Christ the undefiled hath sinners to his father reconciled. Death with life contended, combat strangely ended, life's own champion slain yet lives to reign. Tell us, Mary, see what thou didst see upon the way. The tomb the living did enclose, I saw Christ's glory as he rose. The angels were attesting, shroud with grave clothes resting. Christ, my hope has risen. He goes before you into Galilee. That Christ is truly risen from the dead we know. Victorious King, thy mercy show. Alleluia, alleluia. This day was made by the Lord. We rejoice and are glad. Alleluia. This next one is the gospel reading and it is from Luke 13 to 35. I'm going to go to the KG version for this. And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about three score furlongs. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that, while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holding that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What manner of communications are these that ye have one to another as ye walk and are sad? And the one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answering, said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, and hast not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? And he said unto them, What things? And they said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. 
but we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulchre. And when they found not his body, they came, saying, that they had also seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulchre, and found it even so as the woman had said. But him they saw not. Then he said unto them, O fools, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken, ought not Christ to have suffered these things, and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And they drew nigh unto the village, whither they went. And he made as though he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it and brake and gave to them. And their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way, and while he opened to us the, the scriptures? And they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven gathered together, and them that were with them, saying, The Lord is risen indeed, and hath appeared to Simon. And they told what things were done in the way, and how he was known of them in breaking of bread. 1744 to end there. <clears throat> you know, that, all those numbers balls back down to a seven again, and that's perfection. 1800 hours. <laughs> right. So... At 9.21, uh, boiling down to the number three there. Very, very interesting indeed. <clears throat> very interesting. 18.12 was what I looked at after finishing that. I'm not going to go on about any more numbers, but it's all very relevant. <clears throat> and um, the breaking of the bread. That is what we have just done today. Uh, the breaking of the bread is a spiritual thing. It doesn't have to be something that is physical. Again, the flesh profiteth nothing. It is the spirit that gives life. And so the type of Eucharist, the type of breaking of bread that Christ is really talking about is not just that, as I say, the physical breaking of any physical bread or even of him and his body and all the rest. It goes further than that. He was breaking bread as in he was sharing his time with them. Something that didn't have a price. Something that came from the heart and the soul. It was his very spirit that he was sharing with them and his love for them and the time that he took to spend with them. That was the real breaking of the bread. 9.23 a.m. here. Okay, thank you once again for joining in with this breaking of the bread on Love Lighthouse podcast. I look forward to sharing with you again very soon, as and when called in God. Until then, well, I'll join you in communion in the spirit. <laughs>